0: Welcome back to On The Spot Thought. I'm here with uh, Seth Montgomery. We're going to be talking about uh, summer camps and leadership today. Um, Seth, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Dawson, thanks so much for having me on. It's such a pleasure to be
1: here. Uh, You know, I came all the way from the second basement. It was quite the journey to make it here, but really glad to be here. Oh, man. A little bit about myself. Well, uh, I'm a junior this year at Kansas State University going into management, just changed from finance, hopefully that'll be well, and, uh, you know, I, I like disc golf, long walks on the beach, Pokemon, and Star Wars, that's just about all you need to
0: know. like <laughs> <laughs> that perfectly just wraps that's you just, up just in just a nice, about me nice little bundle. <laughs> so, uh, just tell us how you kind of woke up this morning. Oh,
1: this morning, I, uh, it was kind of funny, I, I got a test later today that I was doing some studying for last night, and then... Right before I went to bed, I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch some YouTube. Just check some things out. Mm-hmm. I watched a little bit too much YouTube, stayed up a little bit later than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And I woke up, uh, it's funny, I woke up like 5.30 and I was like, wait a minute, I have a test in like a couple hours. <laughs> Started to freak out, I'd reach behind my back, pull out my phone, it's 5.30, I can't back out. Wake up again at 9.30, hop in the shower, come upstairs. And here I am. Well,
0: glad you made it up here. Thanks so much. Is. It really was quite the ordeal. Oh, yeah. But no, I get that. So glad that. to be here. I get that. Um, so I guess just hop right, hopping right into it, uh, summer camp. So I, I heard that you worked at a summer camp over the summer. Tell us a little bit of what yes, that was like.
1: I'm intrigued that you know that. That's so fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: uh, yeah, growing up, actually, this
1: summer camp, it's called Westminster Woods. Mm-hmm. I've been going there, you know. Ever since I guess sixth grade was my first year, and you know, ever since I've just fallen in love with the place. Going back every year as a camper, and then once I reached high school, going back as a camper and a counselor, so kind of double teaming it that those couple mm-hmm. years and then worked out there on staff the past two summers, which has been absolutely
0: incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I'm, I'm sure many of us have been to a summer camp of some way, shape, or form. What makes Westminster Woods unique? Yeah, great
1: question. Um, what's what's so special about the woods?
0: First of all, it's a
1: Christian summer camp, so you go there. Uh, originally, it was uh, sponsored, kind of founded by the Presbyterian of Southern Kansas, which is like a you know a big group of churches in the the Presbyterian Church. But within recent years, they actually split away from that, so now they're their own entity, their own just church camp, nice. which is it's really great for them yeah. because it gives them a lot of freedom and. Um, what they're doing and following certain, like, camping regulations and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it's really good for them. Um, the woods is on around, you know, I think it's in total, it's like 600 acres of um, wooded land, and there's there's mm-hmm. some fields that you could play and there's We got a lake there called Lake Maranatha. We belovedly call it Lake Marinasty, because <laughs> it's quite gross. <laughs> But most of the camp is on the front 200 acres, and so we hang out there and learn about what Christ does in our lives yeah. and how incredible a relationship with Him can be for us. So yeah,
0: yeah, that's awesome. Um, I know back, I went to summer camp back when I was in like high school and middle school as mm-hmm. well. And one of the big things I remember from our summer camp is this game we played called Night Strike. We called it Night Strike. And, no way uh, it was like you went in and they hyped it up right you had counselors that were gonna go into the woods and they would wander around and you had to like sneak past them grab like a token at the very middle and then sneak back and then you get points for doing that wow and uh, i think i think it was funny when you were in the younger grades mm-hmm. you get into that big room and they they hype it up to the fullest extent oh, and yeah. then you feel that full hype out on the out in the woods but as you got older like 8th grade you'd feel hype in there and then you're just like I'm just wandering around in the <laughs> woods right now <laughs> but that was a really fun game I don't know if-
1: dude it's funny you yeah. should mention Night yeah. Strike because yeah. we've definitely played it ourselves <laughs> yeah. actually this last so when we started playing it I think 2 or 3 years ago yeah and oh my gosh man it, I'm so glad you brought that up. this This past summer, we played Night Strike, and uh, I was on staff with the woods. We we played it with my church. I should I should probably clarify, my my church back home, Eastminster Presbyterian. We would go out to the woods for summer camps every year because the the people who manage and run the camp, Brian and Diane Wheeler, members of our church, just really good friends with Eastminster, and so they let Eastminster come out for like a little bit cheaper than typical camps cost. And so that's where I would go out there all the time. But the past two summers, I've been on staff with the woods itself. So I was out there, not just for those Eastminster camps, for the whole summer, for the whole camping season, I suppose. Um, But with Eastminster camps this past (laughs) summer, we played Night Strike, just absolutely incredible. Being on staff, I got to see a side that I'd never seen before. Not the camper, not the counselor, but I was the guy driving around in a golf cart with my buddy, <laughs> making sure no one got injured. Mm-hmm. We had the first aid kit, and I tell you, we, we patched up three kids who Whoa. got some bloody knees. I felt like a hero, that's all it was, man. <laughs> Such a great time. It's so crazy that I'm so yeah. happy that others have played that game. Oh yeah. It's so
0: incredible. I think one of the fun things about Night Strike, um, at least what we did, is if you get caught, so the the rule is, if you get caught, uh, technically they take the ticket that you're supposed to have, mm-hmm. and then you have to go back to the start. But sometimes, if they're feeling generous, they'll have you do something. Exactly. They're like, if you yes. do something, I'll let you stay. Mm-hmm. And you, and you know it was anywhere from uh, do the hokey pokey yeah. uh, to sing a song. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was always a lot of fun, and especially sometimes because some people they're they like sing a song and they they're looking at them like. No, you can take my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are different like that. But uh, We had a group that, <laughs> the
1: counselor, I'll never forget. His name was Bradley Delano, the counselor. Uh-huh. He caught a group of kids. He was like, looked around, reached down, picked up a little twig. He says, you guys have to eat this amongst <laughs> yourselves. <laughs> and this was a group of like eighth grade boys. So they all chipped off a piece and they downed it together and
0: they went on their way and it was glorious. <laughs> That's when the, those, those middle middle schoolers, they're, they're like, victory is so close. It's just a, it's just a twig. Just eat a little <laughs> and bit they, of twig. And <laughs> they ate a piece of twig. That is awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you, guys will do what they have to do to win games. They will get it done.
1: And their counselor, so they had, um, we had a lot of counselors that week. Mm-hmm. And so they had like one counselor running with some of the groups. And while one, uh, the other would be out, you know, yeah. playing the game in that sense. And so the counselor that was with them
0: was like, guys, just eat it, come on. And he'd be the one passing out the pieces of twig. And, oh, man. Another valuable lesson you learned from that game is when you see, uh, when you're walking with someone and the guy next to you get caught gets caught, you bolt away as soon as you can. It's like, that guy got caught, I didn't get caught.
1: You know, I don't have any tickets, <laughs> mister. Any tickets <laughs> <laughs> My buddy over there, we just <laughs>
0: ran off, has all the tickets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. That was a good game. Do you have any other games that you remember from?
1: Oh, man, dude. There's so many <laughs> um, camps are notorious for games. So fun. I mean, one game that's uh, that was kind of a tradition that we played. It was called. uh what was it called? I think it was. I believe it was called King's Quest, and sort of a similar. It's mm-hmm. it's I, all of them are similar. Oh, all these yeah, nine yeah, games, yeah. but they're yeah. all different. This one, um, there was like. Twelve counselors, or it was more than that, there were probably like 24 in total, but you know how there are what, like 13 options in a deck of playing cards, right? Yeah. And, you know, 2 through 10 Jack, Queen, King, Ace. And so they, there were different point values for each of those cards. Mm -hmm. Higher up, the higher you go. And there were more 1s than there were 4s, and there were more, you know, 4s than there were, there was only 1 Ace. Uh Uh-huh. And there was actually only one of the Jack, Queen, King, and Ace, but they were scattered throughout the entire camp, which is, and when I say entire, I don't just mean the front 208, like the whole yeah, span of yeah. it. So, and what we call the whole back side of the camp that doesn't really have any buildings or anything. It's just like tons of woods. That's called the Back 40, Uh-oh. because, uh, you know, the Back 40 is like an old, it's like a saying, you know, yeah. oh, the Back 40, but it's really like the Back, like, three, 400. <laughs> no. So it's a lot more, but and you'd have to go out there and i still remember being a camper and just find like being in the woods on some trail with my buddy mm-hmm. hearing something going to investigate and then seeing a counselor in a black morph suit just sprinting through <laughs> the leaves just <laughs> running away from us and we'd be like
0: get him that's the king
1: and we'd all run after him <laughs> it's
0: hilarious
1: oh yeah and that games just such a great way to one Bring a hype to church camp, oh yeah, and then two, tire the campers out so that they're ready for yeah. bed because <laughs> because the counselors are out there thinking, all right, we got to make these kids run, yeah, I got to get active so when we get back, get in the shower, get in bed because exactly. that's what they need. It, it
0: really is a smart way to do a thing. I God. didn't actually think about that, but but yeah, I know uh, we so at the camp I went to, mm-hmm. uh, we we formed teams at the very beginning of camp mm-hmm. and then your team would accumulate points through different activities so Mm -hmm. like your team and night strike would get more points for something or um different activities throughout the week would get you points and at the end of the week they'd announce the winner yeah they'd they'd always have like a a flag with some weird name like you're captain crunch and we're like you're captain crunch (laughs) yeah (laughs) you just have to accept whatever name you get but dude yes um, one of the things you could do to get points is they'd hide two monkeys throughout the camp and you can just search for them whenever right? oh they hide them at the very beginning of camp just in like absurd locations <laughs> and uh, one year so they have like a low point monkey and then a high point monkey low point monkey is kind of easier to find but the high point monkey was always just like where the heck is this guy and that no one finds it until like four days in and they found it like the edge of the woods <laughs> just, just, but uh, remember one year the monkey was hidden underneath the tetherball court like that, you know, the little tire was just like yeah. tilted and the, the monkey was under there. No one found it until like the last day. Someone was like, I was with someone. And he was like, guys. And then he just runs. <laughs> We're like, what are, what are you doing? He and he's had like, the idea.
1: There it is! <laughs>
0: threw the tetherball thing down. He's like, I found it! Yes. <laughs> he wasn't on my team, so it kind of sucked. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, it's okay. Yes. Yeah, but... Uh, the, those types of things were fun. We had a
1: similar thing called Camp Champs. Yeah. Where yeah. back in middle school, you'd have the same kind of poor yeah. thing. Just a blast. Yeah, just a good time. You know, time. I did win seventh grade uh, Camp Champs. Oh, wow. Yeah, just uh, just putting that out there nice. for all you red and yellow teams.
0: Orange team won. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, you'd hate to hear that, see one of them listen to this. Somebody's podcast, on the podcast, <laughs> like back from middle school. They're like, and like no, no. This, how they announced
1: it was... There were, we had two charter buses that got us there, they mm-hmm. picked us up from the church, and uh, the red, yellow, and orange teams were on one bus, and then like the blue, green, and the purple teams were on another. Yeah. And Paul, who was the speaker that week, he had um, the shirts, the camp champ shirts yeah. that you would get if you won, and he was like standing between the two buses, and he got on our bus, and we're like, okay, <laughs> okay this is it, here it is. this is it, and he walks up and down the aisle. And he's like, the winner of this year's camp champs is the orange team, and we would all freak out. Yeah. and we wore our shirts for two days. No, <laughs> but because why watch? Because why? I mean, it's a championship shirt. Sure, you don't need to watch that. But good times.
0: Oh yeah, camp's always a good time. So I guess taking taking a step out of camp. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is one of the big advantages of kids growing up to go out to camps like these? Mm whether it be a church camp or just a camp in general.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, one, going to church camp gives you, or just camp in general, it gives you such a great opportunity to to interact with others in, like, a close setting that you would not normally interact with. Mm-hmm. Like, I've met friends at camp that, you know, if we had gone to high school together, they wouldn't be the kind of guy that I'd just, like, go and hang out with because I already had my buddies because you uh-huh. always hang out with the same kind of crowd. Yeah. But going to camp Everyone can be your friend. And uh-huh. you make tons of friendships, ones that last for years, okay. even with your counselors. Like my counselor, I got lunch of chilies with him before I came back to school. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> I got a call from one of the kids that I counseled when I was in high school, and he's like, hey, man, we should get slim chicken sometime. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, let's do it, man. Yeah. So, yeah, just honestly, the, the friendships that you make at camp Will always be secure, and yeah. I just think that's so such a powerful thing.
0: Yeah, I think it is really such a cool opportunity to to meet people, in time, to kind of build a very close bond in a short amount of time. Yeah, but I think that's also why you see all of those uh, camp relationships springing up. Oh, don't you, even give because you story. have that <laughs> you have that same thing happening, <laughs> mm-hmm. but then you also have it with a particular girl that you met that weekend. And even- so you think it's like. I should date this girl because you've known her for a week, right? It's like church camp. It's like, oh, she's Christian. I am Christian. (laughs) This is it. (laughs) What else did (laughs) I want? I think that's one of the the main reasons why that's so common. It just happens, man. Because you don't, if you didn't encounter, especially if you haven't dated a whole lot or you haven't encountered a whole lot of uh, women that you wanted to date outside of a camp, you get into a camp and you just have that opportunity. And you're like... Let's do it. Yeah, and, you yeah. know it doesn't always end up well.
1: <laughs> you know, so I mean, I've seen a lot of fruit born from that. Yeah, I've seen people, you know, start like what I think I've seen the most is not the most, but the most beneficial. Uh-huh. People meet at camp and they're you know flirty friends, whatever. Yeah. Then after <laughs> they go and they start dating, and we have this saying at the woods. It's it's called the woods bubble, <laughs> because. Yeah. uh, we say it for us on staff because when you're on staff with people all summer sometimes relationships kind of stir people kind of you know get together and uh, if you start a relationship when you're on staff at the woods you you made it in the woods bubble and eventually the bubble's gonna pop because you go back to school go back to home (laughs) and so yeah the bubble pops a lot on a lot of people so (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah. Yeah. but I, I think that's a good point like if if you start kind of getting a thing, but you don't you do not do anything with it until afterwards, and then afterwards it's still there, then exactly. you can go for
1: it. I had a kid this summer who, who he, he was texting me, and he's like, listen, man, that girl Caroline in our cabin, I've actually liked her for like two, three years now. <laughs> Haven't done anything about it. Got her Snapchat this summer. Now we're dating, man. Because he started talking to her after camp. Because that's where real relationships like are going to, be for the long haul, yeah. not in camp, they're going to be outside. Yeah. You don't so. live your life in camp.
0: I mean, some people I guess live their uh, life in camp. There are people that definitely I, live I, there, but yeah. I, I, I do not, and I feel like the vast majority of people Yeah. It's, it's wise, to in, I in think, to,
1: to you know, dip your feet in the water at camp, but then start swimming once you're outside. Yes. It's, a little, it's a horrible <laughs> analogy. Wow, fantastic. Just hop <laughs> right in and swim around. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's a big sea out there it's
0: a big just got to start swimming, start <laughs> yeah, looking now you got to start swimming sometime <laughs> oh uh yeah i think one of the other advantages that i really see and that kind of helped for me um, mm-hmm. was if you go to summer camps growing up then like the transition out of the house when you get older isn't as difficult because you've had that experience of living somewhere else i've i've like often gone to other places stayed at family's house gone to camps for you know like a week or so and gone Mm -hmm. back home and i love home but i don't really get homesick but it's not because i don't it's not because i don't miss home or don't like home but rather i'm just i'm used to being around and i know that home's always there so i kind of just that's that's the key to
1: that knowing that home's always there because so many times like being a camp a counselor these past two summers like Especially, we have third and fourth grade campers the mm-hmm. first the first week, and they're just some of them are just real homes. Yeah, and it's like, guys, you're gonna be home in like four days. Come yeah. on, buddy. Yeah, it's like you're gonna have fun this week. Yeah, like, enjoying what you have now while you can. I think that's such a powerful thing that you can learn. Yeah, just going to camp.
0: Yeah, I, I think that was that was big. I remember my first the first week long summer camp. It might have mm-hmm. been fourth or something grade like that. Um, I was there with a buddy of mine and. Uh, we had got back to the cabin, after the first meeting, and he was sitting there, and he was super sad and bummed out. Mm. And I was like, dude, what's going on, man? We're at camp. He's like, I miss my family, I miss my home. And I'm like, I get that, I get that, but we can have fun right now, <laughs> and we're going to be home in like three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was kind of an understanding gap there. And I think part of it is, when you constantly go to different places for multiple days, mm-hmm. and then you're constantly going right back home after that, you have that assurance over time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you're used to going back after being somewhere. Absolutely. So it's less of, am I ever going to go back home, and more of, um, how long am I going to be here this time? And Yeah, yeah. So kind of first year in the dorms here at college, it, it just kind of felt like an extended vacation in a yeah. sense. Because, uh, one, it wasn't a house, it, it was, was just a dorms, dorm room, yeah. which is essentially the same as a summer camp, mm-hmm. except for smaller. And you have homework. And you have homework. And tests <laughs> and stuff, yeah. So, that was kind of me. Um, I'm sure that's not for everyone who does camps and whatnot, but I think camps mm-hmm. play a role into that. Definitely. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the matter? Sorry, <laughs> I totally spaced. <laughs> on no, on what the exa- On the... Uh... On the um, kind of becoming less homesick because of camps or um, becoming more comfortable with moving around because of camps. Do you feel like you felt any of that or do you see any of that in the campers that you canceled?
1: Definitely. I could definitely see that. Especially, I mean, if I look at my own life, when I was a kid, um, growing up in a family of four, four boys (laughs) and that's it. Um, (laughs) we would, and we're all three and a half years apart, which is kind of crazy to a lot Uh of people, but it's just natural to me and us. But, um, Like, a lot of the time, I wouldn't, especially, like, as a little kid, I wouldn't, like, hang out with a lot of other kids because I would always have three dudes that I could hang out and play with all the time whenever I needed to. And so when it came time to, like, go to camp, especially, like, third and fourth grade, that was my first opportunity to go to camp. I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. That's a little scary. And then I eventually go, sixth grade. I'm like, what the heck? I didn't do this for this many years. <laughs> what am I doing? Like, oh. And I always regretted it ever since. But I think that having that camp experience, it really is like a turning point in like the way that you um, view home and view leaving home. Yeah. Because especially as a kid, you're like, home, I feel safe. My mom and dad are there. Mm-hmm. Like, This is where all my toys are. I have fun here. I eat food, I sleep. This is home. It's like, good thing. Yeah. And then, you know, going out to restaurants, you're like, oh, I can eat food other places. This Mm -hmm. is good. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) you kind of learn these things along the way. And in McDonald's case, oh, I can play (laughs) and (laughs) eat food here. There were other places. (laughs) And then... Going to camp, you realize, you know, sleeping somewhere else, Mm -hmm. it's really not that bad of a thing, as long as you're having a good time. Assuming the beds aren't terrible. Oh, the beds were (laughs) garbage back then. I mean, the woods, especially as a camper, they've got, there's one counselor bunk, which has a counselor mattress, which is like a spring mattress, so it's like nicer than all the others are like these pads, just are, just are not good. You'd have to double them up, but always the cabin was too full to do that, (laughs) so you could never do that. Yeah. But I think really, like sleeping sleepaway camp is what a lot of the younger kids like call it. Oh, I'm at sleep sleepaway camp. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because that's what they're focused on. They're like, I'm not sleeping at home right now, but I'm having a good time here. So let's yeah. just let's just phase out all of my fears for a little bit. Yeah, have a good time this yeah.
0: week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I kind of move into the the leadership side of it. Uh-huh. How how did you feel you were able to be a leader here at camp this last summer? Oh. Well, especially
1: this past summer. Mm -hmm. Um, It being my second year on staff, I was one of like two, maybe. No, I was one of like three or four returning guy counselors, Mm -hmm. which a lot of my buddies returned, but they ended up working in different positions. One of my my best friends was the speaker this summer. (laughs) So just all kinds of different roles, but I was one of the guys returning as counselor. And so I was kind of the the de facto head counselor because yeah. you're, the, you're yeah. the oldest kind of most experienced guy counselor uh-huh. and so my other buddies were kind of a little on the shyer side but yeah. we had a great time um as a whole staff but I think especially when it comes to being kind of that counselor figure
0: yeah
1: everybody even the campers just kind of knew they like who I was and that yeah. I could talk and part of that is. <laughs> There's this running joke at camp that it's it's called Seth is my dad. And it it all started like years ago, like five years ago, yeah. where I said I wanted to be a dad one day. Yeah. And then they were like, Seth is my dad. <laughs> Seth is my dad and it's just a chant and then yep. ever since then people call me dad. And and I, I really I I don't want to say I take pride in that, but I, I really enjoy that because yeah. I I like to step into the role of if you're feeling alone, if, you're, if you don't know what's going on here at camp, yeah. if you're struggling with something, if you have something you need to talk about, always there for you. Mm-hmm. Always would love to talk to you about it. And I think that's key, too, in regards to the other staff watching as well, because mm-hmm. we had a lot of just, this is their first time, a lot of them, the staff this year, it was their first time being counselors, mm-hmm. period. And yeah. I At Eastminster, I had the experience, sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school, counseling throughout the entire school year Mm -hmm. at youth group and on the retreats. But a lot of these guys and girls didn't have that opportunity. So their first counseling experience is going into sophomore year of Mm -hmm. high school or of college. And so um, just putting them at ease because there's a lot of fears that come with that, especially when you start at such an older age. Mm -hmm. But it really is, um, you know, ultimately it all comes from the lawyer. And I think that's what's the key to remember here because like especially when you're leading a, a group of people like the staff like that, um, none of it's you because the God, God's work through yeah. all of that and weaving you He brought all of us together to make an incredible staff this past summer mm-hmm. um, just to love on the campers as best as we could.
0: Yeah yeah, no that's awesome. So, do you think, I know, growing up, I, seeing the, the leaders that are helping out, they're always these like extravagant, outgoing people. Do you think you need to be an outgoing person to be a good counselor, good leader at, uh, at a camp? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh,
1: I would definitely say no, because, for a couple reasons. One, I will say that having those characters, <laughs> yeah. the big personalities are essential to camp and i think that's huge especially because it makes kids feel welcome and Mm -hmm. just sense the fun and the energy that this place brings because when somebody is up there just having a ball goofing off just going crazy just having a good time they feel not inclined to necessarily do what they're doing but to you know loosen up shake some shoulders do a little dancing when the song comes on you know but at the same time, it's always super awesome when you have the rocks that are there for the quiet kids. Because there's so many more quiet kids than you would think. Especially when kids get to around 5th um, and 6th grade and middle school. So I'd say 5th, 6th, and 7th grade. All those kids, there's so many more just quiet ones who are there to... This is That's the time of their lives when they're actually like realizing and understanding what the gospel is, like Mm -hmm. who Jesus is and what he did for them. And they're making that decision to follow them for themselves, like for the first time in their lives a lot of the time. And so they're a lot more reserved and quieter. And I, I mean, I'll drop a name here. She didn't work on staff this summer. She was an intern at our church, but her name's Elizabeth Brose. Mm -hmm. She epitomized the the perfect counselor for the quiet kids. Like she knows how to talk with them, knows how to hang out with them. Like, yeah. while we're playing some big <clears throat> extravagant game or something, there'll be a group of her and some of the kids over on the side, drawing with chalk on the basketball court or something. Or, you know, yeah. you're just doing little, like picking flowers and uh-huh. doing the swing set or something. And I think that it's so valuable for those kids to, to have someone that's not, well, hey guys, how's it going? Yeah. It's so great to see you. Who's just like, hey, what's your name? Yeah oh, I'm so glad you're here. Just like just the chiller side of camp, which is so essential, yeah, too. Yeah, because
0: some of the more reserved kids, maybe they wouldn't respond well to someone yelling at them or just being all over the place. they feel like they, they couldn't replicate that, and then maybe they'd feel more excluded than they already did. Absolutely. So I think that's, that's important. Yeah. So uh, I, I feel that I find you more on the on the extravagant side a little bit. I you mean, know, you, I, you I could down. agree with that. You, you can have serious <laughs> conversations. You know, with them, I think but you but can make that argument. argument. <laughs> I think... But uh, um, how do you think you grew into that growing up, so wow, that kind of how that transition grew into what you're doing now, how you are now? That is an excellent question, because I
1: definitely was not always like this. Mm-hmm. At first, I mean, especially growing up, I was I was quieter, I was this quote-unquote the smart kid in school, I had like two best friends that we sat at lunch together every day, and I, go over to their house sometimes yeah. but other than that I wasn't super social I mm-hmm. didn't didn't really get out a whole time and then I think starting especially sophomore year it started in 8th grade really but sophomore year high school yeah of high mm-hmm. school yeah I uh I started to <clears throat> counsel these 6th and 7th and 8th grade boys mm-hmm. my first not my first but it was my first like official experience like being a leader for those younger than me like in a Mm -hmm. like unquote camp setting but like counseling these kids and the way it started off I out of the (laughs) when we first started there were like eight of us counselors for like six kids (laughs) it was it was a rough start we had so many of us a couple of the counselors ended up leaving and there ended up being four maybe five of us counselors and the kids grew to around 12 maybe 13 14 and then out of us counselors I was definitely the more serious like trying to mm-hmm. I was not the goofy one I'll yeah. say it. I yeah. definitely filled the role of dad yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like oh but dad <laughs> you know I'd be the one to say guys stop screwing around with yeah. chapel time we got stuff to do and then uh, sometimes I would have to the disciplinarian, and I would, you know, if a camper on a retreat was being mean to somebody else or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that was happening, I, I was the one who would take him aside, talk to him a little bit, uh, and just settle matters, matters like that. And then as high school went on, junior, senior year, I began to realize that I didn't have to fill that role because all those other guys were there with me, and they could do that. They could do that, too. We could all be the good guy and the bad guy. When yeah. We needed to. And we could all lead with the charisma and energy that we had on our ins- like inside of us. And I started to like realize this like mm-hmm. senior year. I'm like, shoot, I can like, I can be like my buddies over here when they're goofing around. I can do that too. And yeah. then later, when we're in small groups, I can break down what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Break down any questions they have. Talk about prayer requests. Like, I I used to think that leadership. Um, was two sides, or was like two separate things. You could either be the quiet leader, who like led in that way, or mm-hmm. you could be the out there leader who, yeah, you know, made people feel welcome. Who was boisterous a character. Mm-hmm. But then I I started to realize they're just two sides of the same coin, and yeah. you can do that. You could do both of those things, and I was like, shoot, I can do both of these. Yeah. And so then, especially going into college, like living up to the character that i saw within myself sometimes so like i'd be hanging out with a certain group of people and acting like oh yeah like all goofy and spontaneous and then i'd go home and i'd be like man i don't have to like act like that that's like who i am Mm -hmm. and i started to come into that yeah and then especially these past two years on staff just realizing man i could just be fun Uh and have a good time and then in small groups or you know if i'm giving a talk or something just focus in on what's important for these kids and be serious in those times as well. But it really was a journey. Like, it wasn't, if there's was never a switch, it's hard for me to think of myself, like, eighth grade Seth versus today. Like, mm-hmm. how much I've changed in, you know, the way I'm on a podcast right now, uh-huh. the way I'm talking, the <laughs> intonation in my voice. Like, yeah. I never knew or even thought of doing stuff like this. Uh-huh. And yet, here we are today. And I think that's such here a testament to, mm-hmm. to, to God's will and providence in my life. So
0: Yeah. So stepping aside from the the summer camp for mm-hmm. a second, um, how would you say you've taken some of those leadership skills you've learned um, along with that personality of yours that you've kind of developed and how have you utilized that in your college life or your current life, mm-hmm. which is your college life? Which is my college. <laughs> you are currently in college, yes. correct? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, you know... Going into college, I'll never forget, freshman year, I didn't know... I So, two of my best friends, Tim Munson and Jacob Wilson, were coming here to K-State. I was excited. Mm-hmm. They did join uh, Phi Delta Theta fraternity. So, power to them. They've been killing it. there. really enjoying themselves. But I never saw them for quite a while. So, I didn't really know anybody except for my older brother, Isaac. So, the first couple weeks, I just hung out with him. And for some reason... <laughs> I don't know, I got this idea in my mind right when I came to college. I had this bucket hat that I would wear, you know, sort of, mm-hmm. pretty much all the time during the summer, but... I remember. Then the, you remember, <laughs> then during the school year, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to wear this hat every day for a while. Mm-hmm. And I wore that hat every day for like two or three weeks. And so then everybody I met during that time only saw me with that bucket hat on. Mm-hmm. And I... <laughs> And so then after like three and a half weeks of school, I was like, you know what? I don't need to wear the hat anymore. I'll like actually do my hair in the mornings. Uh-huh. And I started going around and I realized people didn't know who I was. <laughs> and, yeah. And nobody recognized me. I didn't recognize you the first time
0: I saw you. No, yeah. Hat. No, yeah. And I was like, I walk Seth? up to somebody,
1: <laughs> i like I'd walk up to you, and they'd be like, Hey Dawson. And you'd, like, turn to me and then, like, double-take and be yeah. like, Seth, I didn't recognize you without your bucket hat. And, and, you know, it started to make me realize how much... Um, it. What that what that did is it gave me an idea of, like, a character, like, being a character. Like, mm-hmm. when I had the hat on, I was... Everybody knew me as Seth. And then I took it off and nobody did. And I was like, hmm, I can see... I And... <laughs> putting on different hats for the analogy, but Uh, (laughs) I know, I know, but it started to make me realize like these different hats are just all the same me. And it, I like was thinking about how I hadn't been like as social starting off the year because I didn't know as many people Mm -hmm. and then realizing with the, you know, putting on the different hats. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, you know, all these hats are just on me so personality wise I don't have to put on the hat of being the quiet guy who doesn't know anybody yeah even though I don't know anybody I can I can be like hey <laughs>
0: hi
1: I'm Seth Montgomery hi, I'm Seth Montgomery and that's how I oh, mean yeah, that you'll never forget that oh no, no I sir would, every new person
0: after that I would, I would introduce myself. Hi, hey, I'm Seth. Nice to meet you. Well, I think the funniest thing was because we, we were in the same kind of group of friends there freshman year. Yeah. And every time the group would meet a new person or a new person would walk in with kind of us all together, um, Seth would be the first one to be like, Hi, I'm, I'm Seth Montgomery. And so for a while we kind of imitated him um, and <laughs> said, Hi, I'm Seth Montgomery. We didn't say our own names. We just said yeah. your name. And, uh, <laughs> but,
1: and it's because I wanted to... I just, I I knew that if I wanted to to make friends here and be successful at K-State, like, Mm -hmm. like as a, like, personality-wise, just making friends, connections, meeting people, I had to get out there more than I was, putting on a different hat, but just turning on the other side of me that I had thought I was covering up with something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I kind of did. So, like, when I first got here, I was like, okay, so I came from the Missouri side to K-State, so just no one from my, one guy from my school. Yeah. But not really anyone was here, so I was like, okay, I need to I need to get out there. And I need to make some new friends, which means I'm going <coughs> to have to try a lot harder than I normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, first, those first two weeks, just anyone, like, I'm in the line to go get some food. And I'd be like, hey, I'd find someone standing by themselves. I'd be like, hey, you want to go eat something? You want to eat together? Mm-hmm. And I'd do that. A um, couple things I found out. One. Pretty much everyone I met was like an upperclassman or a fifth year, like a senior or a fifth year. They're, They're all, all gone like, now. <laughs> I was like, ah. But uh, it was it was cool. It took a lot of energy to just constantly talk to new people all the time and not have anyone old to rely on. But uh, I think after the, those first two weeks, I got involved in the Roots group and then kind of formed a friend through that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it showed me like I can I could do that I could do that. But it did take a lot more energy than I might have thought, especially for like two weeks. Great. Yeah. But definitely, but it was fun at times. There, it is enjoyable. Oh, it's it so enjoyable. Fun. I, and I mean, yeah,
1: it started to become like second nature, just like saying hi to people, introducing yeah. myself. Yeah. Because yeah. once I started doing it, you know, just to force myself to do it, like out of my comfort zone, just mm-hmm. like. Hey, I'm Seth. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Yeah. What major are you? Yada, yada, yada. Then it became like second nature. Just like, yeah. I can do this like mm. every day. Every person yeah. I want to meet, I can just say, hi. Nice to meet you. Yeah. And then that turned into, you know, once our f- sort of friend group started to develop after <laughs> Roots of Fortune. Fortune. That little, that, oh, that was such a good time. Ah. Uh, but after, yeah. after our, our friend group started to, to form, I realized, like, this, I mean, this character I was becoming, it, like, it was who I was, and I could be that in this group of people who are all mm-hmm. accepting, and, I mean, to be completely honest, I was like, I could fill this role in this group pretty dang yeah. well, which, in high school, I wasn't always that role, I started, especially towards the end, to, to morph more into that, but mm-hmm. the roles were already set, and whatever, you yeah. know, my, my mm-hmm. friend groups back then, but college i was like wow i could be this guy in this group yeah and i i did and i mean i was so excited to do it and now here we are today having sunday dinners and you know mm-hmm. hacky sack club sack club which reminds me um if any of you out there listening are interested the k-state hacky sack club meets every wednesday at 6 30 on memorial stadium um we'd love to have you there hackers of any any skill level please come and join us for a wonderful evening Talk. Of- all you
0: non-Manhattan listeners, uh, you can fly out here, you can drive out here, you can still show up, because we have no restrictions.
1: Absolutely. Actually, there is one restriction, Oh, really? and I read the bylaws last night, actually. Oh, okay. It's okay. that 50% of the members present have to be from K-State. But that means we can have <laughs> that means we can at have least plenty. 50 more people plenty. from out of state if you want to come grab your it. spots fast. They're filling. They're, They're filling gra- up quick. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. But... Yeah. Does that answer your
0: question? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> nice. Because um, if it doesn't, then uh, that sucks. That's. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So um, do you have any um, anything you wanted to to bring up here at the towards the end of our conversation? I kind of like to leave some time open for you to kind of express your own thoughts. Nice. Uh, last guest had some shout outs.
1: Some shout outs. Let me. You know, since we're here talking about. You know, leadership and whatnot. I just want to just to emphasize: being a leader doesn't mean that you have to be the kind of character out there, big personality. That, like, I mean, we just spent you know 15, 20 minutes talking about that, but yeah. and that is beneficial. And if that's you, mm-hmm. go for it. Be that person. Fulfill that, and do that in a way that's beneficial to others. But at the same time, if that's not you, that's okay like i've seen incredible you know even i'll just do a quick example my just my family i have three brothers one older two younger twin brothers and uh the younger twins were kind of like stepping stones up to in, in you know in in our leadership styles you've mm-hmm. got me who's the uh it's like the three phases of matter, but it's the three phases of leadership almost. Yeah. You've got me, who's the, uh, the out there, you know, kind of talkative, big personality kind of leader who likes, I mean, I like to be up front doing things, Mm -hmm. but you know, I I like to guide people with me and that kind of thing. And then you've got my brother Ian, who's a little bit of a mix. He's kind of, he likes doing that kind of thing and he steps up when he needs to and he does what he has to do and he enjoys that and he excels at it but he's also a quieter kind of guy sometimes. Mm -hmm. And he's great at the quiet leadership, like in the background, doing things like that, Um, just serving where he needs to serve. And then you've got my brother, Josh, who is Mm -hmm. by no means the guy who wants to be up front, you know, like commanding Mm -hmm. what's going on or like helping guide people. But he is the most servant-hearted person that Mm -hmm. I think I know. And the way that he just makes sure things get done in the background, carries things along, like, if that isn't leadership, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. And so just to all you guys out there who might not, you know, think that you can be the leader, quote, unquote, you are a leader to somebody out there. And I bet you they recognize it. And I bet you you're going to recognize it here too soon.
0: Mm-hmm. So. What is that? Uh, there's a saying that uh, the first follower is really the leader. You yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, a leader without any followers... He doesn't really have anything. Yeah. He's not leading anyone. Mm-hmm. So in a way, that first follower that incites other people to follow as well, kind of led the whole pack there in the first place. Absolutely. So, um, we need the we need the leader as much as we need that those followers. Yep. Uh, one without the other isn't really a thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, Damn any me shout, out. hey, shout outs! Uh, shout outs! Shout out. Out to My boy Andrew Kemp, it's yeah. his 21st
1: birthday today. Happy yeah. birthday, Happy bro! Birthday, Kemp. I'm yelling through the wall right now. <laughs> I don't know if he hears, but hope he has a great day. Right. Um, I just, just want to, to shout out my good. my grandma, Grammy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> hope you're doing well, <laughs> and uh, Gramps as well. Love you guys, Mom and Dad, for bringing me up this way. Just, I couldn't be here without them. You know, look at me now. I'm on on the spot thought with Dawson Bailey <laughs> right this is, this is the top this industry. is the apex I <laughs> the peaked uh, probably gonna drop out of college yeah, now yeah, and no, uh, no. mom dad I'm joking I, don't <laughs> <laughs> mom see what about. <laughs> uh shout out to Tim and Wilson and Nathan mm-hmm. I already shouted out you Elizabeth yeah and uh Shout-out to Tim Cook, because iOS 13 comes out today. Hey. I'm really excited. Hey, so,
0: big Apple guy You know, here.
1: big Tim Apple guy right here.
0: Tim <laughs> Apple guy. Yeah, cool but, stuff. But, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks this for is, coming. This has been a
1: blast. Yeah. we um, will have to do it again sometime. Oh, we
0: will. Yeah. Um, I'll be making the rounds again. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, just just another pleasant conversation. Absolutely. Actually, always a good time. You know, it's
1: funny. We do this all the time without the mics. Yeah, but, but
0: you know, you throw it on the mic. But and, really, I yeah. mean, it
1: adds character, because we're... Yeah. It's it's so fun uh-huh. to do this kind of thing. So.
0: Yeah. I think maybe one or two people will listen to it. So that's all that really matters. Oh,
1: we'll get a, we'll get some more audience in. Oh, yeah, 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 Now that I'm on one, I'll get all my contacts on it. <laughs> everybody will be listening. We'll, yeah. we'll get you some, oh, yeah, some absolutely. more subscribers, absolutely. don't
0: you are Oh, you're the, you're the sus- subscriber cash. you can bring the, in the all marketer, the people. the marketer guy. You know, I'll bring in some, some folks. <laughs> people will be like, what is this podcast? And they'll scroll, and then they'll see Seth Montgomery. Right, oh, my God, God Oh, man. my goodness. Let's get <laughs> subscribed, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's awesome, but... uh yeah, thanks for coming on. It was a good time. Absolutely, always a always a good time. Um, everyone, have a have a great day and uh, enjoy the rest of your week.